Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's this week's episode. Welcome, everyone, to another Pageant Planet podcast. This is the podcast for contestants who want to be inspired and discover how to win the crown. I'm Jessie Ledoux McMullen, Pageant Planet's Queen of Coaching, and today, Cara Mund, Miss America 2018, and myself are discovering the life of Brittany Mason. When it comes to combining the worlds of worlds of modeling and pageantry, no queen knows better than Brittany Mason, who burst into the fashion industry as a teen model and later regained as uh, Miss Indiana USA and began directing Miss Universe Ireland. Brittany was born in Anderson, Indiana in 1986, and even though she was from a small town, Brittany was a girl with big dreams. At the age of 16, Brittany signed a contract with Wilhelmina, a prominent worldwide modeling agency, and moved to New York City. Very typical of the time, keep that in mind, as this was the early 2000s. Brittany lived in a model apartment with other aspiring models. Can you imagine moving to New York City at 16 and living with other models? No. Oh my goodness. Especially in the early 2000s, you know, before you are really connected with technology at your fingertips. Oh, for I, sure. I could not imagine. So, well, while living here, I mean, her career took off. She was featured on and in some of the world's most popular magazines. So if you think I'm exaggerating, let's name a few. Vogue, you've heard of it, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maxim, Seventeen Magazine, Esquire, Cosmopolitan. I mean, you get the idea. Those are like the biggest names in publication. So Britney had made it big. Oh, absolutely. And her career as a successful print and high fashion model allowed Brittany to work with many famed photographers, such as John Russo and Patrick Dermlachea, the model for top brands like Valentino, Yves Saint Laurent, Giovanni, Bibi, and Ferragamo. And while some models have their specialty, Brittany was one who can nail it all. Her stunning beauty also translated well on the runway, and Brittany was invited to walk in New York Fashion Week, Berlin Fashion Week, China Fashion Week, and Miami Swim Week. No big deal. Yeah. (laughs) And even though Brittany moved to New York City for more modeling opportunities, she began exploring other industries as well, which in this instance is... The pageant industry. (laughs) Brittany decided to enter a local pageant, and with her modeling experience, it was no surprise that she walked away with the title of Teen Indiana. And Brittany now had the opportunity to compete for a national title, Teen Model of the USA. Keeping her winning streak alive, Brittany won the national competition and advanced to the international pageant Teen Model of the World. And I want to pause because I feel like a lot of contestants that are new to the pageant industry, they jump into the big pageants. The Miss Americas, the Miss USAs, the Miss Worlds, the Miss Earth, anything you can see on TV. And one, kudos to Brittany for exploring a pageant that is exactly her niche. Like she was a model, that's what she did. So why not compete for teen model of the world? So there are so many niche pageants that exist today because 
there are so many pageants with so many different needs and that want representation. So there's Miss Black USA that celebrates the black community specifically. There's Miss Petite USA that's for short girls. There's Miss Plus America that's for women that are in the plus size range. I mean, can you think of any others? I'm trying to think of more. There's so many more. Yes. Oh, you've, you've named so many. Um, I don't, yeah. And, and I think just, you know, all ages and, um, I mean, based on the categories of what they're scoring, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's so many, so many opportunities. And I think that's one of the best parts too, is, you know, if you try one system and it's not the right fit for you, there's another system out there that is. Well, and you and I were just talking before we recorded today, actually, that, for example, USA National Miss and National American Miss are two very successful pageants for ages 4 through 24. And usually they're held in different seasons, different times of the year. But because of the global pandemic, they are the same week, next week. And, um, Car, you've been to both. And uh, you were saying that there are two completely different pageants and yes. they look for different things. Yes. Um, the interview is a different for each one. And, you know, so you really prep for each pageant differently. Um, and so when the judges ask, you know, that typical question of why do you want to be Miss Blank? Like, you should know what makes that pageant so special, but mm-hmm. also why you're the perfect like fit for that special pageant. Um, so I really think, you know, those, those niche pageants are the ones that also allow you to figure out, you know, what areas of competition you thrive in, maybe the ones that are a bit more challenging. And so if you do end up doing, you know, those, those ones you see on TV, Miss America, Miss USA, all, all of those, at the end of the day, you know, I chose this one because I figured out what works for me and where I really thrive. Yeah, the big difference between those two systems is not only the interview style that you said, Cara, was one is National American Miss, two-thirds of your score is your speaking ability, a third is your private interview, a third is your onstage introduction, and a third is your evening gown. USA National Miss, it's a third is your evening gown, a third is your fun fashion, and another third is your your private panel interview. So that alone, but when we're talking about niche and especially for Brittany, she found a pageant about models and she was a model and she won the national title. It was a no brainer for her. She had that natural ability. So if you're new to, newer to the industry, don't feel like you have to jump through a hundred hurdles or oh, like skip a hundred um, checkpoints to get to the finish line. One, build your experience and two, build your confidence. Like go into a place where you feel comfortable so that you can then push yourself into situations that aren't as comfortable when you know, like, you know what, nailed this part. I'm going to explore this other aspect of myself to improve. Absolutely. And I think too, if there's something that you're good at, like if you're already a model, it just gives you more opportunities to Mm -hmm. continue to grow. And I think that's something, you know, I was, I was always a dancer, but pageantry, you know, being in a competition that had talent pushed me to be a dancer in a different way. So rather Mm -hmm. than, you know, performing for technique purposes, it was performing, performing to entertain. Um, So it really even makes, you know, your strengths even stronger, which is great because there's not always those opportunities to do that. So I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. What was your favorite pageant talent that you had seen other than yours? And your, uh, it can be on the Miss America stage. It can be um, at a pageant you attended in person. What was your favorite talent and what about it did you like the most? Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. 
So for dancers, in, in our last podcast, we met, uh, mentioned Heather Whitestone. Mm-hmm. And um, I was never, like, I, I did point as, you know, growing up, but I knew at a pageant I would I would probably never do point. And I think part of it was I was always scared of how slippery the floor was and all of that. Um, so I loved Heather Whitestone's performance. Um, and then I also just loved what she stood for and also who she is as a person. Uh, I, I just always admired her. So I think for dancers, it was looking back at old tapes of Heather Whitestone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I always loved the talents that were um, piano players, uh, those those pianists I always really enjoyed, um, and then vocalists, because I can't do either of those things. <laughs> and so I always I always admired that because, you know, I've, I've watched dance my whole life. And, um, you know, just seeing seeing the variety of talents. So I don't really know if I have a favorite. Um, and, and I think too, like growing up, I always remember, you know, when they, I'd always be so bummed if they didn't play like the top 10 talents at Miss America and it yes. would be like five. Let's go felt, back to that. I know. I always felt like I was cheated out of all these wonderful talents. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I always, I always loved that. And, you know, I think what's so unique too is like, especially at Miss America, you know, no one's talent is ever similar. It's like you have a jazz dancer, you have a point dancer, you have a lyrical dancer, you have a jazz singer, you've got a opera, you know, the operas are all different. It's it's always such a, a unique variety. Um, I guess, oh, I really always admired the baton twirlers. Um, <laughs> I always, that was something I always wanted to do um, that I never did. So I always liked the baton twirlers. I'm trying to think other fun, unique talents. I always liked the unique ones too just because it was it was always out of the box but um I do remember I remember the first time I ever saw someone do a talent with three batons and I was so in awe oh my gosh (laughs) Um, or the rhythmic gymnasts I always loved those too because it was like not only were they great dancers but then they were gymnasts on top of it and um so I always liked those too so I guess I liked it all I can't even answer your question Jesse did (laughs) you compete with Acacia Courtney Cara I didn't. I didn't. But I, um, I definitely remember watching watching her journey for both both systems. I wonder. So she must have been the year before you won Miss America. Uh, she, maybe she might have even been a year before that. I don't remember. But anyway, so Acacia and I competed in the same sweeper pageant a million years ago in New York. And for some reason she did, I want it's Esmeralda with the tambourine, the point dance with the tambourine. Um, And at the local, and I was like, oh shoot. Like I I saw her (laughs) compete and I was like, oh man. And we did, we were sister queens. We did win the same local um, sweeper, but that that talent in particular just always stands out to me. So Again, something I lack, which I never should have pursued the Miss America organization as a result. I should have explored other systems, but we live and learn. So those listening, don't force yourself into a pageant system that you don't have natural ability to succeed within. You'll waste a lot of time, energy, and years. And I say that with love and plenty of experience. Oh, yes. Such a good lesson. And so now out of the 52 contestants competing at the pageant, Brittany placed as the first runner up and big shocker, she won the title of Miss Photogenic. Even though you may not have personally heard of Teen Model of the World, um, the 2004 edition was actually televised throughout Europe, Asia, and South America. Oh, and it's still in operation if you're curious about it. I looked this up earlier today because I was like, I've never heard of this pageant. Um, 
But yeah, still still going strong. So if you're a contestant that already has their toe dipped in the modeling world, explore it. Um, and four years later, Brittany returned to the pageant stage and entered the Miss Indiana USA pageant. And with a national title already under her belt and years of modeling experience, Brittany blew away the judges and was crowned Miss Indiana USA 2008. In April of 2008, she traveled to Las Vegas, where the Miss USA pageant was held for the first time. While competing against 50 of the most qualified and beautiful women in the country, Brittany had an impressive finish in seventh place, giving Indiana its first placement since 2003. And as any title holder would know... Pageantry and community go hand in hand, and Brittany used her platform as a beauty queen to work with numerous charitable causes, including one of her own. Like many children and teens, Brittany was a victim of bullying, and rather than letting this experience dull her sparkle, she turned it into a beacon of inspiration and determination. And that's a coaching moment too. And this is a big one for me, and I'll share one of my favorite quotes. And the coaching moment is to dodge the jealousy. This girl was in Cosmopolitan, 17, Vogue, Maxim. I don't want to say the whole list again, but I certainly could because I know all those names. They're household names. This girl was at the top of the modeling industry, and here she's a victim of bullying. What is life without? Oh, yes. Like wow. it just goes to show you my favorite, one of my favorite quotes, I've said a lot of favorite quotes in the podcast. This is one is you'll never meet a hater doing better than you. And that's because people that are successful aren't worried about people that are not there yet because they know it's a journey and their understanding of that experience. Do you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I'd heard that quote too. And it was something that, that stuck with me. And I think it's something, you know, we don't always realize. And, you know, when you're going through bullying, you, you think that it, you know, you, you don't really realize what, what it is and, um, you know, why it's happening. And so I think it's so important to know that you are doing something right. And, you know, while everything that you're doing right, you can't always control the actions and feelings of others. And um, just recognizing that, you know, keep keep doing you because, you know, you're never those people are never going to to really dull your sparkle if you don't let them. Yeah. And without going into too much detail here, um, Car, you and I were just talking about um, women and leadership and positions and roles. And um, I think one thing that we talked about, uh, and you can expand or not, it's totally up to you, is that um, sometimes, and this is, we talk about like women wanting to live through other women. So even though you've had your moment in the sun and you go on with life, most women continue on with life. They find new avenues, adventures, accomplishments, and others have a really hard time moving past that. And they always want to be the center of the universe as a result. And that's an attention thing. And we are in pageants because we don't mind attention. So uh, no shame in that game. But uh, we talk about these haters and like the women that the women and the people in the world that are able to look at someone else and support them versus bullying or being jealous of them are just feeling like they're missing something in their own life. And it's not a reflection on you. So I think it's so important to remember that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's it's just such a powerful thing when women support other women. And um, it's it's kind of like this bond and this feeling that you really can't get anywhere else. And, you know, we all as women go through struggles. And, 
you know, the last thing we need is to pit each other against one another. <laughs> um, you know, we, we really need to stand up united. And um, right now I'm, I'm currently working in an independent clinic here as, as part of my studies at Harvard. And I have an amazing female supervisor. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been such a role model. And specifically in the area of law we're working, it's primarily male dominated. And so even though I'm not in this, this pageantry um, sphere, I, I really realized in pageantry what an amazing uh, bond you can make with uh, with another female as, as you support one another. But now in the workplace, that's really what I'm looking for, too, is because I know what the power of that is. And so I have to write, write these weekly reflection papers. And it's constantly about how amazing it is to work with another woman who continues mm. to support you and advise you and encourage you and also recognize the struggles that us as women are, are really faced with every day. I uh, I will always um, I'll laugh at this because I I shared a, a Facebook post this week about there were four women in the Major League Baseball um, league that had groundbreaking um, experiences. We have the fir- we have the first female general manager in all of Major League Baseball this year, which is a huge accomplishment. And I keep thinking like we'll stop making note of this when men stop commenting go back in the kitchen on a Facebook comment. Like until that is no longer a thing, it's still worth celebrating in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I, going off of that, I think one of my, one of my favorite quotes I was told um, as a, as a middle schooler, I think, because it stuck with me. I even got a shirt that says it, but mm. it says, you know, a woman's place is in the house. And then on the back, it says, and in the Senate. Yes. <laughs> um, and that's, that's one of my favorites. And it's, it's so true. Um, you know, women, we, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves in the first place. Um, and there's so many barriers, you know, we're constantly having to shatter those glass ceilings and it's, it's not become the norm. Just like you said. And so we need to continue to celebrate and encourage and empower one another. I, I like this one too. It's girls just want to have fundamental human rights. <laughs> I love it. That's a good one too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so when she was a teen, Brittany created an anti-bullying awareness and prevention program that was inspired by her own experiences. Wanting to showcase the, that bullying can happen to people of all ages, Brittany worked with children in kindergarten all the way through adults in college. And let's just add that this program was nothing small. Brittany put her blood, sweat, and tears into working with students across the state of Indiana. And in 2008, it was estimated that she worked with close to 100,000 students. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I said that at the same time as you. It's amazing. It's impressive. Yes, yes. These efforts did not go unnoticed, and Brittany was awarded the Service to Mankind Award by her hometown of Anderson. Even while supporting and promoting her own program, Brittany still found time to support other causes she held close to her heart. And in 2006, Brittany organized fundraisers for Mission of Hope Haiti and collected supplies for a children's shelter and hospital. Going above and beyond, Brittany didn't just collect these supplies, but she also traveled to Haiti to work with those she was donating to. Two years later, Brittany embraced another form of activism, one of the political variety. So in 2008, Brittany joined the Chelsea Clinton on the campaign trail for Hillary Clinton during the Democratic presidential primary in Indiana. Her work with the Democratic Party didn't stop there, and Brittany continued to work with this group when former President Barack Obama was still a presidential nominee. 
And this this is a hot topic that we don't need to go too far in, but but Cara, how do you feel about contestants promoting their political preferences? And and granted, Britney wasn't holding a title, so this is a totally different question. But how do you feel about contestants promoting their political preferences while holding a title? Oh, I I'm very mixed on this, and um, I I still don't know if I have formulated a, a full opinion. But I do think it's important that a title holder have her beliefs and know why she believes what she believes. But at the same time, you are a representative of an entire organization and, you know, an entire group of women that you competed with. You're serving as that representative. Um, You're also just a face for women in general. And so I think it's important that a title holder, you know, you, you know what you know and, and the topics and why you're passionate about it. Um, But then also being able to listen and to recognize the opinion of others. Uh, I know after my Miss America night, um, they had told us we had to pick a side on our political questions. Mm. And, um, and we, we knew that going in, if you were in the top five, you had to pick a side. They didn't want you to do the political typical response, um, which I liked, but there was a lot of backlash and the media the next day. I know specifically for my Miss Texas, there was a lot of backlash. I got some backlash, Um, my question specifically was on President Trump. Um, And when that's your question, and when they've told you that you're being judged on whether or not you can state an answer and why that answer and you don't play middle field, um, I was kind of forced to to pick it. But luckily for me, you know, that kind of after a few weeks, it it brushes to the side. But I did see it with our recent Miss USA. That was something that that came up in the media as well. And Mm -hmm. rather than focusing on the accomplishments that that what she's done, um, and the amazing, uh, amazing win and what she represents and everything she's gone through, that ended up being the headline was her response to a, a political based question. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm still really mixed. And I think it depends a lot on your system. It also depends a lot on how comfortable you are, because if you do state your opinion, you're probably going to have to defend it. And so mm-hmm. if it's a topic that, you know, you're not as, you know, if you're if you're very in the middle, then given in the middle. If you're very passionate about something, don't hide that either. Um, but do know and and look at the history of of how the media treats it, or um, you know what the challenges might be if you do state that opinion. Yeah, I think you nailed it. It's it's a very very challenging water to be able to tread um, as you go through it. So um, let's table that, Kara, and let's bring it up later on down the road. I think it's a topic that a lot of people will be interested to know more about too. Oh, definitely. We might have to do another podcast on just that. I just wrote the note down. It's on the list. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Uh, So not one to shy away from channeling her own experiences, Brittany had also shown avid support for the Model Alliance, an advocacy group that focuses on research and policy for models and others working in the fashion industry. And in true Britney fashion, she went all in for this cause. And in 2012, she began studying fashion law at Fordham Law School with the goal of improving the industry and establishing fair working rights for models. Oh, I love it. I love it. She mm-hmm. took her background. She took what she wants to do in the future and how she can combine that to make the world a better place. I, oh, I love Sounds it. Sounds like you. Oh, well, law school's not easy. So, you know, <laughs> go girl. Go girl. Uh, so in May 2017, Brittany opened Moxie Media Productions Limited and set forth on her journey to become a pageant director. And with decades of experience in modeling and pageantry, Brittany felt confident in her abilities and purchased the license to Miss Universe Ireland. 
with the goal of bringing Ireland its first Miss Universe win and eventually having the country host the international competition, Brittany began rebranding and launching the new organization. Let's make a pact to go to Ireland when Brittany hosts it in Ireland. Yes. Oh, I would love that. All right. I just said it on the podcast, so it's true (laughs) now. We're locked in. It's happening. I thought you were going to say I put it on my calendar. I was like, Jesse, it's still 2020. Not yet. <laughs> Not putting anything on my calendar in 2020. That's darn sure. Anyway. <laughs> so, since, I mean, I, I got married in 2020, so that's saying something. So, since taking over the directorship, Brittany has produced two placements at Miss Universe. And uh, two of which were called the semifinalists in 2017 and 2018, respectively. And Kara, would you ever direct? Kara, sorry. Kara, would you ever direct? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, my mom was a director when I was younger. And um, it's a lot of work, first off. And second off, I'm I'm not sure if... I don't know. I, I there's a lot I want to bring to the the pageant community. And being a director is so hard because at that point, you're really, you know, you're limited. You're focused on one area, mm-hmm. and I like to I like to focus on all areas, right? Like I I love to talk to contestants <laughs> at all places and cheer on all women. And I don't know. I just don't know if I could do it. But I do think there's so many amazing women that I've met through pageantry that I immediately think, oh my goodness, you need to be like in this director role. You need to mm-hmm. take the reins, and you really need to show what this organization is. And as a product of it, you're the best representative. So not right now. I don't think I want to be. A director but maybe ask me in like five years after I'm done with law school <laughs> oh for sure it's such a selfless act yeah and the women that I know that direct are some of the most incredible women that I know and are so invaluable to the community so thank you to all the directors out there who are listening and who are part of the community because you're making a difference so I know there are tireless days and thankless days but we see it and we see you so thank you so much Yes. And our experiences, like they would not have been possible without those women and men behind the scenes that re- that really make it possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what a, I think of all the hard work I put in and then I'm like, oh, wait, there is a whole bunch of a whole group of people that did even more work than I did to make this even possible, which is mm-hmm. which is me. And they're not thanked enough. So thank you for doing that, Jesse. And course. thank you, directors. <laughs> So even though Brittany is queen in 2019, Fig O'Reilly didn't place at Miss Universe. Anyone who has learned about her journey would agree that she's an exceptionally inspiring title holder. And if you're one of the people that hasn't heard about Fig, go ahead and check out our podcast about her. And trust us, you will be impressed. And with Brittany's short yet impressive track record of selecting highly qualified titlers, it shouldn't be long before she achieves her goals and transforms Ireland into a household name in pageantry. If there's one thing we can learn from Brittany, it's that dedication and perseverance truly pay off when it comes to being a big name in your industry. If you want to keep up with the big things in Brittany's future, you can follow her on Instagram at Brittany Mason Official. If you would like to be the featured contestant for our next podcast, create a contestant profile with all of your information, hidden facts, and what makes you special. Email support at pageantplanet.com with the title podcast feature so we can review your profile. We will let you know after you submit if you are scheduled. Also, special shout out to Katerina Cataclitis for doing the research. And thanks for listening. And if you received any benefit from this show or from ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It may seem like a small action, but it really helps us keep the show going. Until next time, take care. 
Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47. 